0: All right, episode two, week nine preview with our first guest of the show, and that is Tyler Peaty. Thanks for having
1: me on, Lee. Glad to be the first ever uh, guest of the Mobcast. I get—I've I, really made it into the circle of trust with the Mob.
0: Yes, yeah, and and once again, I'm I am Lee, your host, and this is the Mobcast. Episode 2, Week 9, slash Rivalry Week Preview, and I can't say rivalry, I'm going to butcher that 10 times over. So, first bit of news is that there's two trades, both made by Goldberg over the past two days, that we're going to kick off the show and recap here. We'll hit the first trade first, and then I'll describe the second trade, and then we'll just give our constructive thoughts on it. So the first trade was Alshon Jeffrey and Tyler Lockett, right? Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey and Tyler Lockett for Antonio Brown. Oh, no, Alshon Jeffrey.
1: Jimmy Graham.
0: Jimmy Graham and Deshaun Jackson. That was it. Alshon Jeffrey, Jimmy Graham, and Deshaun Jackson for – Tyler Lockett, and Antonio Brown. Now, the defense behind that one was that he was selling Antonio Brown for movable assets in order to give himself insurance in case the season shits out. Now, I understand that, but then the perplexed part is that on day two, which was yesterday, he goes and trades a fifth-round pick for Big Ben and a tenth. Why do you, I mean, granted, he does he did throw in that crazy what was there it was like it's a tenth for thirteenth if he doesn't make the playoffs which is outrageous. I don't even know how he got that. Yeah, but that. how do you make a trade to sell one day and a trade then to buy the next day? let alone that it was Big Ben and Antonio Brown that left and entered his team. So you were like looking at a pretty decent stack there. And then on top of it, when Fitzpatrick was on the waiver wire, he only bid like 50% of his fab where he could have had that for free.
1: Yeah. the, The first trade didn't make any sense to me really. Like if your thought process is I'm selling and I'm trying to get, keepers I'm not not sure why that's a why that's your motivation because anyone in the offseason is going to have ample keepers some someone's gonna have a surplus that they're just willing to sell for you or sell to you for pennies on the dollar so why are you going to buy Alshon Jeffrey now sacrificing your best receiver to get
0: him Um, and not only that is that so Alshon Jeffrey is a movable piece which he's claiming is a keeper so I'm assuming he wants to keep him anyway and then Jimmy Graham and Deshaun Jackson are almost non-factors. Yeah, and he's tra- well, he's tra- I would tra- argue that Kyler Lockett could get you almost the same price as Alshon Jeffrey remotely because he's been mysteriously outrageously scoring keys he's, he's all season.
1: Yeah, and, well, and the, other, the, other side of, the other side of it, it's kind of, it's kind of like Schrodinger's Goldberg, right? Like he's, he's selling his team the first day, and then. He doesn't go all in on Ryan Fitzpatrick when he already has insurance in case Fitzpatrick does lose the job again in Jameis Winston. And he's guaranteed a QB1 basically the rest of the season between the two of them because they
0: both played out of their minds. Instead, he goes. Not and- only a, Q- yeah, a QB1, but Fitzpatrick and Jameis, if they were combined into one person, would be the quarterback two behind only Mahomes for the entire season so far. Yeah, it, so I'm not so sure if why. you would have locked down. Yeah, if you lock down Fitzpatrick and Jameis, you basically have one of the top two quarterbacks. And then he goes, and, and, and there's no more bye week. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and then he goes in mortgages, not not mortgage. It's a fifth round pick, but it's still it's still paying next year's assets to try and win this year with Big Ben. Who Big Ben is. Famous for his home road uh, splits. And he, Goldberg's in a must win week this week. Big Ben is at Baltimore where he has not played well in his career ever. And he's got the. And Baltimore is probably a top five pass defense, easy? Oh, easily. And then he's got this broken finger issue. You know, it it totally has a Big Ben walking boot game written all over it. And so. Oh, yeah. And and Goldberg got to be looking at this as he's playing Paul. If he doesn't win this week, he has the hardest schedule the rest of the way. He's got to go through his division all all over again. He still has Dubs and Chirag. Like, how do you come out of that? Because at that point, he's probably going to be level with Chirag in terms of record. And He's got in a race to the finish. I don't see how Goldberg wins out against Chirag's roster.
0: Well, I think that's what he's more planning for by him already selling off, but (laughs) I mean, John kind of gave him a gift, which shout out to John for his annual one trade of the year. Um, so, congrats to John on that one. But basically, he gave him Rucksberger essentially for free in the, in the sense that he doesn't make the playoffs, which, I mean, kudos to Goldberg then. Essentially, it was almost a free roll, is that he had, so he has to make the playoffs for it to really go. So, I mean, that's a pretty. Pretty good deal. I'm not sure how he got all these. I'm, not, I'm really not sure how Goldberg got all of these. It's round X, but if I don't make the playoffs, it's nothing. Deal. It's, it's, it's my body. But so that's, that's, that's the same condition that uh, he got with Ryan for whoever the hell he got from Ryan. I forget.
1: Yeah, Goldberg seems to be really good at this uh, The risk hedging element, which kind of makes sense to financier as he is.
0: I just don't understand why everybody gives it to him.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, why, why is everyone putting all their eggs in the Gold Rig makes
0: the playoff basket? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially to go from like a fifth to a tenth. Like, I'm sure I would have bought Ross's Burger for that, for cheaper than that, on a guaranteed like seventh or eighth.
1: I mean, it, it could go all, all the way back to Ryan's trades from last year where, you know, you're at a base four, but if Ryan wins the, t- the chalice, it's a one. Like, you, you know, whether or not you – It was also for Ryan's was team to enough, on Bell, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, whether or not you believe in Ryan's team or not, you know, you may not, but you think to yourself, well, if he does win that first-round pick, it, it's really going to help next year. And Trag obviously really benefited from it.
0: Sure, but I'm yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, yeah, you you can leverage on it, but I would have wanted something a little more substantial in a guaranteed sense if Goldberg didn't make the playoffs, as opposed to just kind of saying, oh, you didn't make it. All right, you, we're not going to give you. We're not going to do anything now. No, and Gold, Goldberg got that that um, condition when he traded Brady for Cam. That's what that deal was, and I think he got Lockett in that deal too. So. All right, so the second second half of the show, we're going to go through – I mean, I, I think that's all the news we had. Outside of me bidding 71 for Fitzpatrick, that's kind of the biggest uh, the biggest piece. I know there were some contingent trades waiting on the health of Tyreek Hill, but he seemed to practice in full yesterday. Um, so I, I believe all those trades, they were – pending physicals, and I think the physicals went the right way for everybody, so uh, Paul, I believe, is holding Pat with Tyreek Hill moving forward until the groin rips apart off the bone again. Um, so, yeah, So for the second half of the show, we're going to go down, we'll go up the list, rather, of the Yahoo ratings of the owners, and kind of give uh, a quick kind of roll call of the league, and, and everybody's that's here and where they stand for this current year and what's going on for for them and their what happened in their past. So, first person, bottom of the list, are your bronze owners, led by last place in the league, Jeff. His best finish was a second place in 2008, and he made has not made the playoffs since that 2000. Oh, that's that's a typo. 2010 six and seven finish is that correct uh his 2012 six Ah, and seven finish and it will always be a sore spot because it came down to the last
1: week of the regular season and santana moss needed one catch for 15 yards to give me the division title and he came up with a. he got completely shut out so jeff won the division but he has not been back since
0: all right, that's good. And, and the only other note I have on here is he has the opportunity to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Um, basically, because he's 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 clinching, I think, this week with a loss from Colton and Ryan. Just mainly because they have both been selling since about week five, <laughs> even though he's three and five.
1: You know, I, I wouldn't really count Colton out of this. Um, he. They both have very similar schedules. They both play each other once. Colton has a pretty winnable matchup this week against John. Versus Jeff is, I I think Jeff's drawing dead this week. Dubs has the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Gurley going against one another. in what's promising to be a shootout between the Rams and the Saints. So all of those players are going to benefit if that happens. And, Meanwhile, Jeff sitting there with David Yoku, Nick Chubb, and Jarvis Landry in the grounds triple stack. I I,
0: I don't know how much success they see this week to overcome that. But that's I, a good point. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot going on for for Dubs. He's pretty much at full strength, and I believe Jeff is only trotting out one QB this week. Granted, that his QB replacement is technically Keenan Allen slash Michael Crabtree. So it's not a crazy drop-off, but it's not a quarterback, put it that way, which is your obviously your bread and butter point.
1: Yeah, point. No, it, it, well, it's tough to win that
0: that QB matchup when uh, Keenan Allen's going against
1: Matt Ryan. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny. I was doing some research on Jeff yesterday, and, like, it, it's pretty remarkable just how bad he's been. Like, you think about it, in the history of the league, we've been doing this for – Seven years. We've ten complete seasons. He's made the playoffs three times. He's he has the uh, vacated Chalice Championship in twenty ten. But otherwise, like
0: that yeah, we don't we don't talk about that.
1: Yeah. yeah, like like it's amazing how you can go six years without making the playoffs in this league. I I, I know that it, like half the teams make it, but you, to not make it for six years in a row in what's almost a coin flip most years. You need to be making some pretty questionable managerial
0: decisions, which is kind of what Jeff's known for. That's true. That's true. Which, full disclaimer, I believe, um, just to all our listeners, is that I'm sure Tyler is going to be here providing some strong constructive criticism throughout, throughout the morning here. So uh, just uh, one disclaimer that we do not support <laughs> any, any of the messages that are brought forth. Uh, well, I can do this to Jeff. one is my list. rival for five years. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Next on the list is Yost at number 11, which he is technically listed as a bronze rating right now, but he's one point from silver, so we're calling him silver. Um, personally, I think he should be higher anyway, but his claim to fame is his back-to-back 2nd place finishes finishes in 2013 and 2014. Uh, so hot this year, but he has a lot of good pieces. Um, he's been rumored to be selling, although I have yet to see it, um, but his matchup this week against our guest this week, Tyler Petey, kind of has him uh, almost as uh, an even favorite and uh, in a, in a pick to potentially pull out a win this week with some good performances. Wait, I tell you what, he's got me sweating a little bit. But I,
1: I really think that had earned a, a silver rating as far as I'm concerned. At least his uh, performance in the PATHL warrants uh, a, a silver star in my mind. So you mentioned the back-to-back Morgan Bowl appearances. You know, I always feel that Yost is that team who always makes the playoffs. He made the playoffs. Uh, I, I think he had a, a two-year stretch where he didn't. But otherwise, you would expect, you know, he, he he has burst onto the scene later than the rest of us, but has had moderate success. One thing I was really surprised by, though, when I was going through the archives, Yost has a a sub-500 all-time regular season record, which I really wasn't expecting. It's 40 and 46 since joining the PATHL in 2012. I was really expecting that to be above 500, but, you know... I, I think his playoff performance speaks for itself.
0: Yes, good years are good, and, and the bad years are, are not looking so good. So, a yeah. lot of promise, though. Um, hope to see him back competing next year. I mean, real. Uh, I I think he's pretty much – I would have to completely collapse for him to really come into play this year, but um, I, I don't think he's completely out of it yet, and he certainly has the opportunity to play a lot of spoiler um, in, in the Colton and Jeff uh, race to the end which leads us to third place, which is Colton firmly in the silver. Um, I'm not sure what his best finish was. I didn't have it on, on, I couldn't pull it out of all time.
1: Yeah. This took some digging for me to get to. He finished, uh, he finished fourth one year. Uh, I believe it was 2010, but yeah, it like, Col- Colton's just one of those teams that he either barely makes the playoffs and when he does, he's a, a first-round exit reliably or he is terrible. Now, Colton's always kind of shot himself in the foot because he never seems to know when the draft is and when he we do find out where he is on draft day, he's drunk on a golf course somewhere. So He really puts himself behind the eight ball as far as team success goes. I, I will
0: say is that I mean coming into this season look looking at his almost and coming into almost every season looking at at his roster on paper, you're always like, Well, this could be the year, and every year it just seems whether it be injuries or just not good situations yeah. it just always seems to fall apart but there, there's always promise um he's been selling since about week five though um I don't think he's made any real selling deals, but he's been uh he's been hot on them on the phone trying to make some deals. He just Josh oh, it's right. They sell Josh Gordon and and Jarvis Landry. Sorry. So yeah, he did make some big deals. Yeah, he Question: He probably actually the best deals of this of this year. Now that I say it, because realistically, he could sell Jarvis Landry for two fourth round picks if everything works out.
1: Well, he, well, Jeff has Jarvis Landry, but, but so if, if things don't work out for Jeff. Well, yeah, but, exactly.
0: Yeah, you, you're asking for a lot to happen for that to really get there, but he's still guaranteed at least like a a fifth and potentially a, a fifth, two fifths, or a fifth and a fourth or something like that. There's there's there, there's some uh, yeah. some decent potential he's got out of basically just one player, and in the two deals. So next on the list. Hey, all right, next on the list is Butz. Um He's also a silver owner. Best finish is 2009 second place. Um, he's really holding on by a thread here, kind of in that five and three, five and four mix for the last wild card spot. But he's, I mean, in my opinion, he's in that like uh, should get off the pot kind of phase where either make a deal to buy an impact guy and help you out or just kind of uh, roll off and die. But my opinion
1: i just want to say it's totally appropriate that Butts and colton are next to each other in these standings because we kind of just lump them all together always they seem to have the same level of success in the league so the fact that they're one two here is is, is makes too much sense uh, but you're you're also right Yeah, you know, Butts never quite seems to make that big move that puts him over the top he's always kind of right on the fringe of you know right on the fringe of the playoffs, but he never makes that big buying move, that selling move that definitively says like I'm buying or I'm selling. And, you know, it, he's in a position now he's in seventh place. I think it's the, as the standing sit where he could, he plays Goldberg, he plays me, he plays everyone in front of him to get into the playoffs and, and really could make that run if he wanted to. And, you know, if he finds the right pieces, he could make some noise, but he, he just, it, and historically, he just never seems to make that one trade that he needs to make.
0: I agree. And, I i mean, I, th- this would be the year to do it. I think he's right there. He's certainly, with Goldberg kind of flailing, um, really. hes And the, he's playing Chirag this week, though. It, just, this is a big game. If, that, if, if he would beat Chirag this week, then he's 100% in the driver's seat. And if he loses, then he's still in it. It's just he has to basically win out. But – I mean, there, there are some pieces out there on the table, um, mainly from Colton that could really help his team. So I'm excited to see if he jumps in.
1: Would you go as far to say loser leaves town? Um,
0: I, I I don't know if it's a loser leaves town game. I would say it's a, it's a, are these teams both good? Uh, you are yeah. sure we're that good game. That, that's my that's my feel on that. Yeah. Um, Chirag is next on the list. He is um, a silver owner as well. Um, getting up to the almost the gold here, but he's firmly entrenched in silver approaching gold. His title was in 2011. Um, this year I've said it a couple times that he's, the dark, he's a dark horse to make some noise. He's frisky. And my other note for him is that he's playing the game the right way. So, I mean, his trade the last two days picked up Antonio Brown for Alshon Jeffrey, which anytime you get the better guy in the deal, I mean, always a win. And especially giving up a tight end, especially Jimmy Graham when he had OJ Howard on his bench, you're probably not going to see much yeah. of a difference between those two rest of the season, in my opinion. Tight
1: end being the dumpster fire. Yeah, that it's if been if this you get year. one
0: catch for a touchdown from a tight end, it's, it's a top 10 week. I mean, what, what one yeah, catch a for one yard in the touchdown is a top 10 week. It's kind of unbelievable. So, yeah. yeah, tight end, you can make do with anything if you don't have one of Kelsey, Ertz, or, or – I mean, even Gronk's been shit this year, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think he legitimately – he kind of – he doesn't hold his own destiny, but he can because if he wins out, he's going to be in. So, I mean, I think he he's certainly <laughs> made, is making and has made the right move so far this year, and – I, I think it could happen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, if I were a betting man, I would bet on Shrug making the playoffs. I, I think to your point, I think he does control his own destiny because he plays every team that's in front of him in the standings. He, he plays Paul, but uh, Paul, but Goldberg myself and dubs at one point in the last five weeks. So if he wins all those games, he's obviously in, or if he even wins just a handful of them, uh, and I think he has the roster to do it. I, I, I applaud him for having the patience that he did because he, he drafted Jeff, Alshon Jeffrey and Mark Ingram, obviously. And no, knowing that they were going to be out for several weeks and he wrote it out. I think he started like one in three or one in one and four or something like that, where, you know, he, he was just kind of like, he was sitting back. He was like, let, let my team kind of figure themselves out and, you know, credit him for that um, for that patience. Because last year I, I kind of had a similar start, and I didn't have that
0: kind of patience, and I
1: perhaps ultimately paid the price and for not, it.
0: Not, but not only that, he started no. one and four, uh, and Paul and Dubs in his division started both four and one. So yeah. I mean, you were yeah. right there. You 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 basically had to you basically had to throw the division out the door. And I mean, I'll be honest. I've been calling him about Mark Ingram since about week four, before he even came back. So. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. he's been patient. And, I mean, every week I kind of always say, is this the week? Is this the week? And, and he's held Pat, which has been, been his strength so far. And the and team really rounding into form now, especially with Antonio Brown. I mean, it's, it's really tough to beat um, that.
1: And not only that, is that
0: he kind of ate a bye week by getting rid of Alshon on his bye week and picked up Antonio Brown, who already passed his bye week. So he, he picked up basically an extra week of a wide receiver one production. So next on the list is Dubs, who is silver, probably going to push into gold by the end of the season. Um, his title was in 2015, and he's pretty much the odds-on favorite with Todd Gurley to win this year. Is that what your thought is, being you're that you're the number two probably? Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, like you look at his roster – and you, you see Todd Gurley there, and you just know that any week he is a threat to go off for three touchdowns. It, it, it's almost it, – it, it is insane how uh, how good he's been. I, I think I saw on Reddit yesterday that if Todd Gurley – if you split his halves of football into a player, his first half would be the RB7, and his second half would be the RB11 in uh, half PPR, which is just insane to think
0: yeah, about. I, I read one thing on the um, really, that if you – if basically he tore up his knee today – he would still finish as probably the RB like six.
1: So like anytime you have that on a roster, like you're you're in the you're in the matchup. It doesn't matter if you're down by forty; you have a chance to win. And then on top of that, he has Michael Thomas, who's been a good wide receiver. He's got the same stack having Drew Brees too. He got Matt Ryan, who's been having to throw in just about every game that he's been in. Like he's got good players who are in good situations. I think the problem that Dub is going to run into. Is the fact that the Rams are so good that I'm worried about them benching Gurley in Week 16?
0: That's a that's a possibility, um, and that's one of those things that yeah, I mean he's probably gonna he's he's definitely not gonna play Week 17. So that's great that we kind of brought that off. I mean I I would I would think does he maybe play the first half or something like that? I, who knows? It all depends really how yeah. how well they're doing and 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 how they're how they're playing at that time because if they're playing in some sort of a funk they're not going to sit but if they're rolling everybody kind of as they've been there's no reason why they wouldn't
1: yeah well i mean they do play the, the rams do play the saints this week if they win this week they're two games up on the entire nfc and sean McVay last year he he lost the last not that he lost it intentionally but he, he definitely gave the impression that he lost a game to try and get a better playoff matchup so i wouldn't throw it out that he would just he would rest his starters the last two weeks of the regular season if they've already wrapped up home field advantage.
0: Yeah no I agree yeah that would be that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, Next uh, the last silver owner we have is John who he's really riding off of best finishes of a second place in 16 and 2011. Um, That wit that uh, was the 2011 he nearly immortalized the dash 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 franchise name which would have been incredibly impressive to not care about putting a team name in and then winning winning the season altogether.
1: yeah and what another year he was playoff yeah, was playoff by. By.
0: yeah exactly yeah there, there there was a lot of good names in there and then and somehow he was right in it every, almost for a long time he was in it all a lot and I mean two second place finishes is a pretty good testament to that. Um, and, but th- this year he's been, um, obviously he just sold Ben Roethlisberger. So I think that nails in the coffin of he's a selling team.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of look at the prospect for his team. He's two, he's two games behind you. He might, he might be three games behind you. He's not going to make the wild card. You know, he, he everything kind of needs to fall into place. It, it makes uh, selling makes a total sense for him. Go, go into next year with with uh, Deshaun Watson and kind of see what you can make out with it. He's got potentially a fifth round pick coming his way. You know, it, it, it seems like it, like a good move to just fire assets and see
0: yeah, what you he, can do he's with put it, put himself in a good spot for next year. Next yeah. on the list is the first gold owner, which is which is you um you Tyler PD uh I, I don't know when what your best finish was I mean I, when was the last time you even made a playoff ouch well I made the playoffs just last year thank you very much <laughs> well it wasn't very memorable then
1: so I have two third place finishes to my credit 2011 and 2013 uh, since then, it's a little bit of, been a little bit of a bumpy road. I'm kind of the opposite of the San Francisco Giants. It's kind of an odd year for me. So I made the playoffs in 11, 13, 15, and 17, and missed in 12, 14, and 16. Hoping hoping to fuck the trend this year.
0: Good to know. I'm, you're you're, you're so, certainly the number two guy behind uh, tw- behind Dubs and, and Todd Gurley. So um, definitely have some good pieces. And uh, with Kamara, Zeke, it's really tough to say Gurley has that much of an advantage on the, on that running back duo. Um, And and, and Marlon Mack has been rounding in the form as well for the end of the season here. So got some promise. Yeah. My biggest question
1: marks are definitely a wide receiver though. You know, they're, they're not quite the strongest bunch in the league and now, you know, AJ green is turf toe potential injury that news because he just came out last week so you know if anyone's looking to uh, move a wide receiver i'm definitely in the
0: market there you go i mean not i'm i'm, I'm not looking at larry fitzgerald or Allen robinson but we can talk later about that um next on the list is is ryan and his dumpster fire of a season um he's currently gold mainly just hanging on to last year's championship where he won no sorry he won in that should be seventeen, right? Yeah, that should be twenty seventeen. Yeah, I fucked it up on my notes. Yeah, it was twenty seventeen and two thousand and nine. He won. He sold his he sold his soul for last year's championship, and now he sucks this year. Basically, in my opinion, he sold most of his players seventy five cents in a dollar just to kind of get out of the can't cut guys and 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 get out what he can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's not really much more to say about him other than. He's been projected to score under ninety points for like two or three weeks straight now. Not looking good. Um, yeah, he's he's
1: currently projected to have put up the fewest points scored in a season since in the two quarterback. Pretty impressive,
0: era. pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, impress impressive for all the wrong yeah, reasons. And, and
0: frankly, there really is no other really bad team aside of him. So. Unless something happens, he can pick up some nice injured guys or, or get lucky with some injuries or who knows. He's he's looking at last place pretty much square in the eyes right now.
1: Yeah, and, you know, like, I, I just don't see anyone else challenging him for it. You know, yes. if you look at the power rankings, he is 300 points behind as far as, projected points for the rest of the season. He's 300 points behind 11th place. I think 11th place is only 200 points behind Dubs
0: for first. That, 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 that's impressive. 300 behind 11th. I mean, the, the only question for him the rest of the season, really, in my opinion, is would you, like, ranch your blue cheese with your veggie tray? Ouch. Um, so next on the list, the top, these are your top three owners, according to Yahoo, where you have two platinum and one diamond, which your first platinum is Goldberg um riding off of 16 and 17 third place finishes um he's selling and buying for this year so we're not really sure what's going to happen but he's right on the cusp of the playoffs uh we kind of talked to him about the beginning of the show um but we'll we'll see what happens this year i mean he's got he's got some promise it's just a matter of what's what's really going to happen
1: You know, and it's funny. I was digging into the archives for Goldberg too, because his—he's the only—I didn't quite understand how he was so good in these rankings. But you know, going through the archives, Goldberg's actually had some really good teams. Um, He uh, is the only active member of the league who has an above five hundred regular season record who has not won the Chalice. Which I I thought was an interesting stat. He's like a a part of that's for sure. Well, I mean, it takes a good team to be good in the regular season, but, you know, he's never quite – you know, we joke about that he drafts for the playoffs, but he clearly just drafts the regular season. But he he runs into some rotten luck, and he ends up in a third-place game or something. But as far as this season goes, like, he's in playoff position. He doesn't quite have the roster to get him anywhere. I don't know why he – like, if – either you think you can do it or you think you can't. And I don't know if he has made that determination in his head or if he's just flipping flip-flopping on it. I will say he does have the hardest schedule the rest of the way. So like, I think, I think personally, if I were him, not that I would sell right now, but I would see how this week plays out and kind of like lead the, you know, see where the cards lay and, play from there that's
0: really what you got to do is kind of just say let's see how this week goes and if we win we go for it some more and if not we kind of fall back and reassess where we're at and what our options are and then make the decision from there
1: with that said i still blow all my money on (laughs)
0: um our number two owner is paul who is also platinum He's, he's been flirting with Diamond, but yeah, he, he's, he's not good enough to be a Diamond owner. Um, back, went back-to-back in yeah, 12 good. and 13. Um, he had a chance to take the division from Dubs in kind of a, a backdoor way, but he's firmly entrenched in the fifth wild-card spot, and he's proved himself to be uh, pretty good this year through the draft and through some nice pickups between Tony Michelle, Tyler Boyd, and Kenny Galladin
1: yeah you know you look at Paul's roster he's got a scary team uh I, if he wins that wild card and he, you know I end up playing him in the, in the second round or something like that it that definitely goes through my mind as something I, I he, he's definitely kind of a season ender in that sense he, he just has the, that group of guys that any one week they could all go off and he scores 200 points that, that yeah. when I look at it. Especially now that Tate's out of uh, Detroit, yeah. really opens it up for Galladay to be emerge to the fantasy stud. Yeah,
0: Galladay is really going to be the big question mark for him, whether he's going to pull through or not um, in terms of the second half. And and that you could really point right there at at that being the league winner right there.
1: Yeah, you really could.
0: And the final owner, um, our only diamond owner in the league, really anchoring our gold status rating of a league, um, that's myself, uh, really running off my 2008 and then dominant four-year run of 2014 to now, where I had basically four straight top two finishes, culminating in two titles in 2014 and 2016. Um, I mean, about myself is really just, it's it's the age-old death taxes and me having Three, three to four really good wide receivers and shitty running backs. Um, that's what I'm making my bread and butter on, and, and some- we'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it amazes me that in the keeper era where every, everyone's been buying and selling and you've been a buyer for the last couple of years, that you somehow – you rise from the dead and you you somehow make the playoffs – um, the fact that you've made it to four straight Morgan Bowls is otherworldly. I, I, I mean, obviously, I can't make it to one. So the fact that you made it to four straight um, is
0: just two of them were on the backs of Mark Ingram and Odell Beckham Jr. But it, it, yeah. but the
1: fact that you were able to move on from them and find other ways to get there is. Uh, you know, even more impressive. That, that, that's up there with uh, Paul's nine straight playoff appearances for uh, most impressive yeah. streak in the league.
0: Well, he at least blew his. So, I mean, if I if I go to five, I think I, I think I top him. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's gonna It's gonna take a lot for me to get there though this year. To back to the Morgan Bowl, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, I'm just just happy to be here at this point. You know, I, coming into the season, I mean, Yahoo always kind of hates my draft. I've been projected like second. I mean, second last and third last the past two years. So, uh, yeah, we're just happy to be where we're at. Um, so, wrapping up the show, we'll do a quick little touch on rivalry week. Um, like we said, Chirag versus Butts is your big game this week. Um, really, anybody else going on, um, I, I don't know what the, why the fuck most people are rivals. We, we changed it this year, and I, I don't know why. Um, I will say this is Jeff's big test. Um, against Dubs this week, we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, Yost and Petey is the other big matchup to watch. Uh, other than that, I mean, I think it's a pretty quiet week. Uh, there's really not many other implications in the in the other matchups outside of the ones that we just discussed.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, shrug and Butts. To your point, it kind of is the is the not the loser leaves lose town game, but the, the, are you sure they're good game? And, you know, whoever, whoever really comes out of that, I think does make their way into the playoffs because they like, it's a game a game that you need to win because you're, you're going to, and both of them will need to play Paul and Dubs at some point in the rest of the regular season. I'm just not sure that either of them can beat them, but I know that they can yeah, beat Goldberg. So you
0: have to chop that up so, to already, but you really only have to beat the teams that you have to beat. Right.
1: Um, as far as Jeff's first real test is concerned, Jeff's played everyone else in those in the Paddy's Pub and McLaren's Pub divisions and lost. This, this is the last real test for Jeff before the playoffs. <laughs> so, all right, and then. Uh, Yeah, as far as Rivalry Week goes, I actually uh, bounced this off Paul's chest before the the season started. One of the big uh, criticisms that we had gotten as the chief scheduler of the PAFL was that Rivalry Week was basically who you went to college with, which, you know, there was an air of truth to that, because you had, you know, Yost and Ryan and Ewan Goldberg, and so they weren't real, like, rivalries in a a true sense. They were kind of just like, oh, we went to college with these people, we shouldn't, you know, we should make them rivals. So we were trying to find actual uh fantasy football reasons for people to play each other so that's why you and ryan are playing kind of being the most recent the teams in the path will have enjoyed the most recent success you know yost and i because we always seem to be in the same division uh jeff and Dubs because they both seem to play each other in the uh the veggie tray bowl every
0: year (laughs) that's pretty good actually
1: the yeah, rationale for changing them it, you know unfortunately it didn't quite work out to the uh extent that we were hoping to because you know obviously you and ryan was supposed to be the right marquee matchup this week and then ryan's team goes to shit so yeah
0: t- t- tough break for the fans and, and the and the advertising dollars here but uh i'm sure we'll power through and then uh yeah, the, the last the last little part here before we uh, wrap this up and we get to go to work here at 745 in the morning on this beautiful Thursday morning is that I just wanted to point out that a big hmm that five of the six current playoff teams are all currently married men. And the only person that's not is Paul, who's been uh, truly, madly, deeply head over heels for a girl recently as well. So the love bug has certainly... Bitten him as well, and you have to wonder is getting married an advantage in fantasy football?
1: Well, you know, a married man's also never won the the chalice, so I I would actually think that Paul thinks he's sitting pretty right now, being the only married man
0: in the 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 post. Granted, there hasn't been that many chances for a married man to win the chalice, so that statistic is very, uh, very flawed, very small sample size.
1: You can also. You also say they do.
0: <laughs> they are do. Yes. So, thank you, Tyler, for being our guest this morning. Um, we are officially on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, um, RadioCast. I don't. I never heard of that one. Breaker. Never heard of that one. We're we're in a shit ton of places. Um, Spotify being the main one. We should be on Apple within the next. I'm hoping day or two. So keep an eye out for that. Um anything you want to add
1: no just a a real pleasure being on the podcast it it actually worked
0: out we only have one little fuck up which i'm gonna have to try and edit in and splice together but that'll be fun i'm actually kind of really hoping that the first part didn't delete um but fingers crossed so we'll see how it goes and uh yeah thanks for thanks for coming on and uh We'll see you guys on Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever I get to it, depending on how the matchups go, if there's any left hanging on Monday. But uh, I'll have a recap coming out Monday, Tuesday, and uh, maybe we'll have a special guest. I'm not sure. All right. Can't wait. See you later.